Hey guys, welcome in to the We Know Fantasy Contributors Podcast. For the second week in a row, it's Cody hosting for you guys tonight, aka Master Smithers. And with me tonight are Steven Pintado. Steven, how are you doing? I'm doing good, Cody. My uh, you know Thursday night football's on. My Miami Heat's playing basketball, man. I'm loving this night tonight. Awesome. And also with us tonight, Brian Wentworth. Brian, how are you doing? I'm doing fantastic. Greatest week of all time. I just got off vacation, and so I'm still riding that like high when you're on vacation and just everything's great. And I've just been floating on that. We got Thursday Night Football. We got the We Know Fantasy Contributors podcast with the boys. I'm I'm very well. How are you, Cody? Man, I'm doing great. I'm same as you watching some football here tonight. Love uh, Thursday Night Football. It's always exciting to watch these guys play on a Thursday night and hope that they can help your fantasy team get off to that uh, coveted fast start that everybody really likes to have on the Thursday night. So, uh, like I said earlier, you can find me on Twitter at Master Smithers. Uh, guys, you want to plug your social medias? Uh, yeah, you can find me over at Coach Stephen B over on Twitter, and that's where you can find me. And you can find me on Twitter at Brian Wentworth FF with no O because Twitter doesn't give me enough space. All right. So, uh, guys, make sure you check out WeKnowFantasy.com. You'll find plenty of fancy related articles on there. Uh, my weekly rankings. I know, uh, man, I don't know what all is going on on that website, but I know we're pumping out content left and right. It's great content. Make sure you get your eyes on that. If you're more of a podcast listener, we got plenty of those for you as well. The Monday Waiver Wire Wishlist Podcast with Nate and Zach. On Wednesdays, we have the We Know Fantasy Podcast with Nate and the Fantasy Fro. Saturday, we have a DFS podcast. Uh, that is hosted by Nick, a.k.a. the Fantasy Mechanic. So, and that's all... Uh, all including, uh, not including this show also on Thursdays, the Contributors Podcast. So make sure you check that out. Um, and I think, Brian, correct me if I'm wrong, we're getting live streams going uh, again this year? Yes, uh, we will be starting back up with the live streams this Sunday, uh, time pending. I'm thinking either 10 or 11. Uh, I still got to figure some things out myself. Uh, but the plan is to go be live on Twitch. Uh, hopefully I can have someone join me. I believe Nate is going to be joining me this week. And my plan is every week we're going to have another contributor join me on twitch.tv slash we know fantasy. Um, we're hopefully going to give you that last minute lineup starts at advice. Awesome. So make sure you guys check that out on Sundays as well. And without further ado, guys, we'll move into our content for this episode. And this week on the Contributors Podcast, we are talking about week one hype. We're going to break down some big performances from last week, whether we are buying into the hype, whether we're not buying into the hype, and if uh, we think these players, uh, the performances are repeatable, and if they're somebody that you want on your fantasy roster. So we'll go ahead and kick things off with Mitchell Trubisky, the quarterback for the Chicago Bears. Last week, 20 completions on 36 attempts, 242 yards, and three touchdowns. Steven, is he somebody that you're buying into that week one performance? If I play the streamer game, if you chose to take that route in the draft, absolutely right now. Um, it's not, I believe it's not to sound sexy coming off my tongue right now. Or I'm, I'm actually scared to actually say those words out loud. But Mitch Trubisky, while through three quarters didn't play well at all, lit, lit it up in the fourth quarter. And, and it just kind of shows what he can do when he's actually playing right. And 
He's got a lot of great matchups coming down the road. Now, I'm not saying he's the guy you want season long or anything like that, but if you took that streamer approach and maybe it's a deeper league, uh, he's definitely a guy worth playing right now because, hey, I mean, he has good weapons around him. And if he can continue to just air it out like he has been, which he probably will need to, I really like him as a nice streamer option for the next like three or four matchups. So. Yeah, I'm going to completely agree with Steven here. Uh, I have the Bears schedule up. He has the Giants this week. He has the Falcons next week, then the Colts. That's three great matchups in a row. We still don't know what the Bucks' defense is going to be. I know Drew Brees didn't perform super well against them Sunday, but he also didn't have to because um, Alvin Kamara kind of torched them on the ground. And then he has the Panthers, which I think is another fantastic matchup. So for the next five weeks, you have potentially good matchups for Mitchell Trubisky. I do think it comes to an end at some point. But like Stephen alluded to, if you are playing the the streamer game to start your draft or to start your season until you find something, I think Mitchell Trubisky is a fine choice. Um, I'm not super excited about it as he is Mitchell Trubisky, but I do think there is uh, definitely something there if the matchup's right. Yeah, you said it there, Brian. For me, I'm going to disagree with you guys a little bit. It's Mitchell Trubisky, you know, at the end of the day, and he's burned fancy owners a little bit in the past. I need to see a little bit more before I'm investing in Trubisky. Uh, Steven, like you said, I guess if you're playing the streamer game, he's not that bad of an option uh, against some weaker opponents, but he's not somebody for me that I'm trusting to have on my roster long term, and I want to see more than just one week where he threw a couple of touchdown passes before I can get back on board with what he brings to the table as a quarterback. But we'll go ahead and move right along into the next quarterback on our list, and that's Kirk Cousins. He was 19 for 25, passing on Sunday for 259 yards, two touchdowns, and an interception. What do you guys think about Kirk? Um... Kurt is another guy I'm I'm kind of buying into a little bit. Um, you know, the way I look at this last game you played against the Packers, last year the Vikings were about defense and running the ball a lot. And, you know, you saw Kurt have his lowest career passing attempts last year in his entire career. And he's been a guy who, over his career, been a pretty decent fantasy option as a quarterback. And I think they continue to try that approach in 2020. And you saw in the first half of that game against the Packers, they were down pretty early on. He had seven attempts in the first half, and then he threw 20 in the second half. So I think that you, they kind of saw that this Viking secondary is really bad and people going to throw on him. I mean, they have the Titans, they have the Colts, the Texans, the Falcons, the Seahawks, the Packers again. That's a lot of passing right there. And I think Kirk Cousins is just going to get a lot of hey, we're behind in games, Kurt. You're going to have to throw the ball a lot more right now. So I'm kind of trusting him in a similar sense to Mitch Trubisky as a streamer option. Uh, I don't know how comfortable him to be as my actual quarterback one on my team, but if you do play that streamer game, I, I think he's a pretty safe option to be a guy who's going to be in big shootouts over the least next maybe two months at least right now in fantasy. Yeah, I think I'm going to um, agree with Steven here again. Uh, now, if we're talking between Cousins and Trubisky, I'm going Cousins all day. I want to make that very clear. Like, if there's better options than Mitch Trubisky, I am going with those better options. Uh, but Kirk Cousins, we've seen him through his time with the Redskins. He was a fantastic quarterback option. His first year with the Vikings, towards the end of the season, he was also a fantastic quarterback option. Just last year, they switched to running the ball with Dalvin Cook. This year, they don't have that option. They don't have the defense like he said, the secondary is not there. Kirk Cousins is going to need to put some of this on his shoulders. And 
I think that is where we get the best fantasy quarterbacks from. So I think Kirk Cousins might be someone who you could potentially have in your lineup for the entire season. Yeah, Cousins is a guy I'm not quite buying yet. Um, You know, we mentioned the run-first offense that the Vikings are with Dalvin Cook back there. He should be taking the brunt of the offensive plays and getting the majority of those. Um, Kirk Cousins, he was playing catch-up on Sunday, so that's what caused the Vikings to kind of throw the ball a little more. And I just I just don't know yet. I want to see a little bit more of this offense. Uh, Kevin Skid- Kevin Stefanski has moved on to be the head coach of the Browns, so I want to see a little bit more of this offense. Are they still going to be as run heavy? Uh, I guess we'll you know we'll wait and see about that. But I think for now I'm holding off on Kirk Cousins. But it wouldn't surprise me if he does become a guy that is reliable for your team because, like you guys said, we've seen it before. When he was in Washington, he really made an impact and was a pretty good fancy player for quite a while. So our final quarterback here for whether we're buying the hype or not, is Josh Allen. A huge game for Josh Allen against the Miami Dolphins in week one. 33 for 46, 312 yards and two touchdowns. He added 14 carries for 57 yards and a touchdown on the ground. So are you guys buying in to the Josh Allen? Um, I am. I definitely am. I mean, the fact that it has to be with his rushing game. You know, I think he just did a really good job in the passing game, and maybe it's just part of his development, but let's not forget they did versus the Jets, uh, and the Jets as a team did not look very good whatsoever this past Sunday. And I just don't know how much, you know, they said they're not going to rush him as much this year. I mean, you bring in two running backs over the last two drafts, but don't use them to that extent. It's just a bit confusing that that they're going to not get these guys more involved, which might limit Josh Allen's rushing ability to some extent. Um, I'm a little hesitant. I just there's a lot of good defenses they're reversing, especially in the back half of the season, which I'm a little concerned about. Um, so I'm, I guess I, I guess I'm buying, but I'm not like happy as happy about it though. Yeah, I I definitely am buying into the Josh Allen um, hype as far as his rushing ability goes. He does have that. I do believe he's going to make it work on the ground. Um, I still did see a lot of passes I didn't like from him, uh, so that does make me nervous as far as the passing game go. But Steve made a great point. They were playing the Jets, and that's without Jamal Adams. Like That secondary is abysmal, and I do think uh, that is going to be a matchup we're targeting throughout the season. Now, I'm not taking away from Josh Allen. He definitely put in a good performance. So, I mean, you drafted Josh Allen this season in like the 7th, 8th, ninth round. You're, you drafted him to start him every week, so you definitely, if you drafted him, you're buying into the hype. That's the way I see it. Yeah, and that was my bad there. Uh, Steven, I said they played the Dolphins uh, in week one. It was the Jets. They played the Dolphins this week. So, so yeah, I I do like Josh Allen. I really like Josh Allen coming into the season. He was my favorite quarterback target in drafts, honestly, uh, to get my hands on. You always love to get that rushing upside with a quarterback, and Josh Allen provides exactly that. He threw, like I said, for 312 yards last week. It was his first game in the NFL with over 300 passing yards. So I think we're going to see a lot more of that, especially with the addition of Stefan Diggs in the offense. I think it just gives Allen that really reliable target that he can uh, can really thrive with. And I I really do like Josh Allen. Like I said, I targeted him a lot. So, yeah, Josh Allen for me, definitely buying the week one performance. 
Just real quick, you know, I'm, I'm buying him as a quarterback one, guys, but I'm not buying him as a guy who's going to be a top five quarterback in fantasy after his fairly good performance this week. That's that's what I'm really buying. He's a quarterback one, but I'm not buying that he's going to be a top five guy each and every week. Yeah, he'll be more in that QB like 10 to 12 range, not necessarily like the one through five. All right, so we're going to head into running backs now. That concludes our quarterback segment. And the first running back we have here is Naheem Hines of the Indianapolis Colts. He was 7 for 28 and a touchdown on the ground, 8 for 45 and a touchdown through the air. Marlon Mack went down with an injury in this game. So what do you guys think? Naheem Hines, is this for real? Is this something he can repeat? Yeah. I absolutely do believe that. Uh, I think he can be one of those pass-catching backs that we every year we with the James White or the Tariq Cohens. I think that could be it. Naeem Hines this week, or this year, actually. Uh, you saw early on that Naeem Hines was very involved in this offense. It wasn't just like Marlon Mack went down and Naeem Hines is now playing. Now, he was involved. He may not have a big rushing floor, but you saw in the passing game. I mean, the, 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 the running backs last week had 36... 37% of the targets from Phillip Rivers last week. And Phillip Rivers did not look good throwing the ball that well downfield. So there's going to be a lot of games where I think he's just going to dump it off to the running back uh, right over the, the line and just let them do what they do. And, I mean, Jonathan Taylor will be there taking most of the first and second down works by working in in the passing game. But Naeem Hines is going to be there probably in a lot of the two-minute drills uh, when they're trying to come back or whatever it may be. And uh, he's going to have, a pretty, I think, a pretty successful season this year in fantasy. Yeah, I think uh, I am buying into the Naheem Hines hype. Um, I mean, Phillip Rivers loves to target his running backs. It's very rare that, um, like, a quarterback will move to a new team um, and keep the same kind of, like, habits they had on that team. Uh, but with the older quarterbacks, we do see that. We saw Tom Brady throw into the small, small slot receiver. We saw Phillip Rivers throw into the running back. That was Austin Eckler's. Um, so I think I do buy into this Hines type. I don't think uh, Jonathan Taylor is going to get the full workload like a lot of people think. Um, I think that may happen in the back half of the season. Uh, but for now, Naheem Hines is a great flex option that I'm very happy to have in my lineup every week. Yeah, you guys absolutely covered it. I think Rivers and the amount of times that he checks the ball down is really going to pay into uh, Naheem Hines' role. And he was very involved in the offense even before Marlon Mack was hurt. So that shows to me that the Colts have a game plan that they want to use him and that he is going to be a viable fantasy option for this team. And I agree with what you said there, Brian, about the um, about Jonathan Taylor not going to get as much work as I think people think that he's going to. I really kind of feel like this is still going to be more of a 50-50 split with maybe Taylor getting more of the rushing work and Hines getting more of the passing work. And if that's the case in PPR or half PPR, I'm definitely buying into the Hines hype and getting him on my roster and and hoping that he can continue what he's doing and providing a, a nice fantasy floor in that kind of league. So next running back we have is Malcolm Brown of the L.A. Rams. He had 18 carries for 79 yards and two touchdowns, and then three receptions for 31 yards in Sunday night's game against the Cowboys. Uh, guys, Malcolm Brown, what do you think about him? I'm like 50-50 on him right now, guys. Like I can see it being a real possibility, but the fact that you go out and get you know cam makers in the second round that high value, even have Darrell Henderson in the third last year. I mean, 
you guys went out and got high power talent to come in here. Not high power, but you spent big on your draft capital. So I feel like at some point that Cam Maker is going to figure it out and do something which will like limit Brown from having what he had this week. I mean, I don't see him as a guy who's going to get a hundred all purpose yards and a touchdown most weeks. So like, I'm not like, like right now, maybe he's okay. But throughout the season, I'm not buying that this continues long-term. Unfortunately, I like Malcolm Brown. I hope, I hope he does do it because I think he deserves it, but uh, I don't see this being a long-term thing for him. I am all in on the Malcolm Brown hype train. Like, this is probably the most all in on all the players we've listed so far that I've been in on. Um, You just watched that game, and Malcolm Brown, like, passed the eye test. He looked electric out there. He looked comfortable with every carry he took. Now, I do think Stephen brings up a really good point. Cam Akers is going to figure something out. I think Sean McVay does figure something out. But a lot of people forget, prior to coming to L.A., Sean McVay did run a committee. I do think we could see a split between Akers and Brown. And if Brown gets a lot of the one-two down work and the goal line carries, that's something I definitely want in a standard half PPR, even full PPR, as an option. I do think Malcolm Brown is definitely going to be something this season where he was that late-round waiver wire running back that just won you your league. I do think there's definitely a possibility of that. Yeah, I think my take is a little closer to Stevens here. I'm buying it for now, but I think eventually Cam Akers is going to get his legs under him. Uh, You know, he's just a rookie. He didn't have a traditional training camp or any preseason games to get that work in. So I think eventually Akers is going to take that step forward and kind of push Brown for carries a little bit. But if you watch that game Sunday night, Malcolm Brown visually was miles ahead of, of both Daryl Henderson and Cam Akers. So I think for now, Malcolm Brown is a great guy to have. But I think at some point this season, um, I feel like Cam Akers is going to come in and kind of take some of that work away. The next running back we have is Raheem Mostert of the San Francisco 49ers. Mostert 15 for 56 on the ground and then four for 95 and a touchdown in the air. Yeah, I'm I'm not buying that he's going to continue this really good week that he had this past week. Um, I think the one thing to note was I want to know if Tevin Coleman's being out and having very minimal uh, work in this past game, I think he had like six snaps all game, was due to his uh, condition and the air conditioning in San Francisco at the time. Uh, was that the reason why he wasn't playing or what he was he just not in the game plan? If that's the case, then I'm definitely be buying into Raheem Mostert. But if it's not, does Raheem Mostert see 15 carries in a game? Does he not see like not, maybe nine or something like that? Like, to me, I'm not 100% bought into his, you know, hype. I mean, I know he did great last year, especially in the playoffs, but I'm not 100% sold that he's going to see this high usage each and every week unless I'm proven wrong next week if Coleman does get a big workload. If not, uh, then it's already most of our day, it seems like, for this backfield. Yeah, I mean, Mostert certainly proved himself in the playoffs uh, as the best of the trio of running backs i think he definitely earned his keep at least to be the head of this timeshare and so i do think we at least see the see him like as like the lead back of the three uh because mckinnon is involved now he is finally healthy for once in his life although he only had three carries um so i think i think i am with steven on this one i if it is the mostert show then i'm all in um i would like to see what happens with coleman this sunday as well uh maybe even mckinnon but as of right now this looks to be Mostert's backfield, and if that's the case, then I'm I will take that. 
Yeah, I'm not going to buy this one. I just think that San Francisco is going to be running back by committee. Uh, you guys mentioned Mostert looked pretty good. He got the bulk of the carries in week one, but I just don't know if I'm ready to say that I think that he's the true number one guy. I really think they're going to keep this a committee. It worked for him last year. It got him the whole way to the Super Bowl. So I don't know why they would really want to change that at this point. So we'll see, but I'm not quite ready to buy into Mostert yet. And don't forget, like, guys like Brandon Ayuk and Debo Samuels aren't playing right now. And those guys are kind of like utility guys that they, you know, do end the rounds and short passes that are kind of like runs themselves. So just keep that in mind as well, too. They're not on the field at the moment, so. Right. So so next we have a rookie, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, last Thursday against the Texans. 25 carries, 138 yards, and a touchdown. Surprisingly, no receptions, though, in that game. So, guys, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, are you buying it? Oh, I'm 100% buying it. I just threw him in there because I feel like we need to talk about him real quick. But uh, I'm 100% buying it. I, I think he's going to see the bulk of these carries. The the passing uh, no targets was a little strange, but I think he'll be okay. I think they'll get him involved somehow there and, and be fine. But, yeah, I'm 100% on Clyde Edwards-Alaire. I completely agree. I mean, I understand why you put him in Steven, but it's kind of like one of those, like, why are we even talking about this? Uh, Daryl Williams did see a lot of the passing work, it looked like. Um, if there was any to the running back, um, it was to Daryl Williams. But Hilaire is a rookie. Like, we've been talking about that a lot, like, not a normal training camp. So I do think over the course of the season, uh, we do see that change. Um, and we're looking at a top. 12 fantasy running back for the Chiefs, basically, and I'm all in on that. Yeah, I'm definitely all in here as well. He just looked so good. If you watched that game last Thursday night, he just looked so good there in the running back spot, and you mentioned the no receptions. That's going to come because last year at LSU, uh, obviously with Joe Burrow at quarterback, he caught 55 passes in one season, so the passing work is going to come. I honestly thought originally when he was – you know, drafted or coming into the league that he was going to be more of that receiving back option. And he showed on Thursday night to me and to everybody that watched that game that he is a true workhorse back. And I think, uh, like you said, Brian, a definite top 12 running back in fantasy, probably for a few years to come here. So next we got the opposing running back from that game, David Johnson. David Johnson with 11 carries for 77 yards and a touchdown, and then three receptions for 32 yards. Are you guys buying that performance? Uh, I kind of am, actually. You know, you know, there's always that fear that he is going to get hurt. I'm hoping that doesn't happen, of course. Uh, but the thing is that Duke Johnson's a little banged up right now, so I think that will makes his case even better. But you kind of watched that first game, and I definitely watched it because very first game of the year and he looked good you know he looked like he got through his holes really quickly the offensive line created enough enough holes for him to maneuver through that offense there um will he be the same guy we knew back in 2016 i don't think so but i think you're getting a pretty solid i think rb2 for the season i i, I think with this offense and he got enough volume or enough like just passing work in just general sense so I think he'll be okay. It's just him staying healthy. So I'm all in, not all in, but I'm I'm in on David Johnson having at least somewhat of a resurgent career this year. Yeah, I'm. I like the points Stephen brought up. He definitely isn't the same David Johnson we used to know. But when you watched him, he looked better than what we've seen. You know, last what we saw last year. 
Um, he looked like a starting running back in the NFL. The 11 carries is a little scary. You know, I like I like my running backs to have at least like, you know, 13, 15, a little bit more, just a little bit more out of him. But 82% snap share, like you can't beat that. He was on the field most of the time as the running back, which always brings up that threat. We've seen this, though, with Bill O'Brien running backs. Like, they often have those weeks where maybe they get you, like, 50 rushing yards. But I think David Johnson is slightly better than, uh, like, the Carlos Hydes. I mean, he is definitely better than the Carlos Hydes, the Lamar Millers. So he does, just on the talent alone, brings that extra level. Where, like Steven said, I think you have a nice RB2 for the season um, where you... I wouldn't be sitting him uh, unless the matchup is absolutely terrible and I had, like, an extremely better option. Yeah, I'm I'm buying this as well. Uh, Steven, you mentioned Carlos Hyde and how David Johnson is definitely a better option than Hyde. And people may forget or or didn't know in the first place that Carlos Hyde ran for 1,000 yards with Houston last year. So if that's the case, then David Johnson should uh, be able to eclipse that. And if that's the case, I'm definitely buying in. Uh, you mentioned, too, that Duke Johnson's banged up, so that's going to help uh, increase his work in the passing game. And I think the low touches, I don't think that's an issue. The Texans were playing from behind a lot in that game. So I feel like that's the reason that Johnson maybe didn't quite see as many carries and was only limited to 11 in the game. So we're going to jump ahead here a little bit, get some wide receivers in. And the first wide receiver we have on the list is Darius Slayton of the New York Giants. He had six receptions for 102 yards and two touchdowns on nine targets against the Steelers. Are you guys buying this one? I actually am. And, uh, you know, I was kind of a guy this offseason who was kind of fading on Darius Slayton. I figured, you know, he was going to see some kind of regression. Like, uh, you know, he's not going to be as involved with all these pieces back in the lineup and healthy now. Now, granted, Golden Tate wasn't in the lineup this week. So, again, maybe that changes. But, you know, it just looked like Darius Slayton was uh, – Daniel Jones is a guy. He just continued to throw at him consistently on and on that game there while they were behind, and they're going to probably be behind a lot. So uh, I like Darius Slayton. I wish I got him in any one of my leagues. I did not get him in any one. I'm kind of upset about it, but he's definitely someone I'm buying in on this season here. I mean, he's had 10 touchdowns since week six of last year. He's just a touchdown machine, and I think he continues to have a really good sophomore year this year. Yeah, I am a huge, huge fan of Darius Slayton. He was someone I was targeting in every draft I possibly could. Uh, oftentimes, he was sniped from me because I did get a lot of people also hyped on him. Um, he looked, looked amazing. Uh, the only thing that raises questions to me is Daniel Jones. Um, and yeah. No, I uh, I like Slayton but I don't know if I'm necessarily buying it. The Giants just have so many options at pass catcher right now. Golden Tate, Sterling Shepard, Slayton, Evan Ingram, Saquon Barkley. I feel like when all these guys are on the field together and healthy, that there's just so much competition for targets in New York that I'm not ready to hitch my wagon to Darius Slayton as the true number one guy out of all those options. So that's the only thing really holding me back from Slayton right now. Next wide out on our list, Robbie Anderson of the Carolina Panthers. Six catches for 115 yards and one touchdown on eight targets. Do you guys buy Robbie Anderson? Um, I don't really want to 
fully buy into him just yet. I mean, it was just the first game of the year, but I mean, you have to respect that he saw eight targets in this game. Uh, but so did, uh, you know, DJ Moore and Curtis Samuel. And let's not forget that Chris McCaffrey saw like four targets. That's probably not going to happen again. He's probably going to see more as the season goes on. Uh, so I'm not 100% buying into him, but he's definitely an intriguing bench op- option for me week to week now, I think, especially in matchups where they're probably going to be behind a lot of games. Uh, but I'm definitely not fully buying in. I've never seen Robbie Anderson do a whole good for a whole season, so. Yeah, I am in complete agreement with you here, Stephen. Uh, we've seen this from Robbie Anderson a lot. He He's always that player who just needs one big play. Um, and he definitely, that was most of his fantasy game, was a 70-yard uh, run. And I believe like 40 or 50 yards of that uh, pass touchdown was him yards after catch. Um, so I'm definitely a bit skeptical on Robbie Anderson, especially just knowing Teddy Two Gloves is his quarterback and he's always preferred the short intermediate passes and whatnot. Uh, but, you know, I'd be happy to know if I'm wrong. And if you ever need a guy who is that's high ceiling, win you a week, uh, Robbie Anderson's always been that guy and he will continue to be that guy, I think, in this offense. Yeah, I'm not buying this one either. I just think he's been a little too inconsistent throughout his career. He's been injury prone. He's on a new team here in Carolina, obviously spent a lot of time with the Jets. I just am not ready to buy. I need to see more before I'm willing to take a chance on Robbie Anderson. So the next guy we have here, Sammy Watkins of the Kansas City Chiefs. Seven receptions for 82 yards and a touchdown on nine targets in the first game of the year last Thursday. Sammy Watkins did this last year, guys, and he disappeared the rest of the year. So are you buying it this time? <laughs> um, to some extent, yes. Now, uh, you know, he was on waivers in a lot of my free agency, so I did not get him anywhere because I didn't really go out and want to get him. But if I have him on my team still, I- I'm somewhat intrigued just because, like, the, the biggest thing was a guy like Michael Harmon saw, like, very minimal stamps and saw very few targets. Um, So that kind of to me, off the bat right there, tells me that Sammy Watkins is not going anywhere. Um, but it, can he stay on the, in the show? I don't know. That's why I'm not sold on him 100%. But, uh, you know, maybe this is the year he kind of gets it together and actually somewhat is a valuable option for Pat Mahomes every week now and becomes somewhat fantasy relevant, actually, for once. So, like, my fear is that he's going to get hurt. Um, we've seen this, we've seen that from Sammy Watkins every year. And that's one of the reasons why I've always kind of like stayed away from Sammy Watkins is just knowing he's probably getting hurt. Um, we did talk about how Clyde Edwards Hilaire was not involved in the passing game. I do think that eventually happens. Uh, we saw Kareem Hunt, Pat Mahomes rookie year. He caught the ball a ton, uh, with Pat Mahomes, um, much more than Daryl Williams caught the ball Thursday night. So I do think that might eat into Sammy more than it will eat into Tyreek. Um, I mean, I guess you kind of have to buy into it because he's a wide receiver for Patrick Mahomes. But outside of that, like, I, I wouldn't have interest in him anywhere else after that performance still. Um, and that's why I'm just going to continue to say I'm out just because it's the fear of injury because it's always happened with Sammy. And like you said, we saw a huge performance from him week one last year, and he was never in conversations again after that. Yeah, I'm not buying in here, and I'm never going to buy into Sammy Watkins again. I mean, like I said, last year, the huge performance, and then just disappeared. 
he's way too inconsistent. He's way too injury prone. And what it really, you know, obviously that that big game was great. But would it really surprise anybody this week if he went completely catchless? I mean, seriously. <laughs> no, that that wouldn't surprise me. It also wouldn't surprise me if he catch, catches one ball and gets hurt immediately after and is out for like four weeks. I can't buy into it. I refuse. Yeah, so same here. I'm not buying Sammy Watkins. I'll let him continue to burn me the rest of the year now that I said that. But yeah, I'm I'm not I'm not buying in to Watkins. Worth it. I'd rather let him burn me than start him and him get hurt. That's right. So before we close out here, let's get a couple tight ends in. And we'll start with Dallas Goddard of the Philadelphia Eagles. Huge week for Goddard. Eight catches, 101 yards, and one touchdown on nine targets. Are you buying in on Goddard? Yes, I am. Um, I, I just think that he's, at this point, you're looking at a guy who's very valuable to this offense right now, who uh, Carson Wentz just seems to like. He likes this guy, Dallas Goddard, going across the middle of the field, stretching defense as a tight end. Uh I, I wouldn't be mad having as my tight end one. A little cautious, though, just because, you know, he is their backup. But he just seems like he's so involved in the offense there. I mean, he was literally the only one that produced in this offense. And the running, wide receivers continue to just get banged up. The running game, we're not sure if Miles Sanders is really healthy or not. We'll find out maybe this week. Alshon, we don't know when he's coming back. You know, no one else has really stepped up the plate, really. Dallas Goddard has. And I think he will continue to be involved in this offense that – can produce a top 12 tight end every single week as a backup. So I am buying into Dallas Goddard, um, especially like I, I made a point to a friend of mine last year in his sophomore. He asked me how I felt about Dallas Goddard. And I told him exactly this. I said, I would pick Dallas Goddard up over any of these other like random dart throw tight ends 99% of the time, just knowing how much they wanted to get him involved. And I ended up being somewhat right about that that season. He did produce a lot last year. Um, Zach Ertz is still the number one tight end, obviously, so there is that fear. He's not going to be that... He's going to have weeks where he burns you, um, and I think people need to, like, temper their expectations that he's going to have these weeks, you know, every week. But, I mean, Dallas Goddard over any of the Bears tight ends, you know what I mean? Probably over the Jacksonville, like, all these teams. Like, you could name me a team, and I'd probably take Dallas Goddard over their tight end, um, and that's why I have to buy in. Uh, just because he is, like Steven said, he is a valuable asset to the Eagles offense with all their injuries, questions in the run game. Like, there's no reason not to buy him. Yeah, I'm definitely buying Dallas Goddard. Another thing that a lot of people may forget, that he was that top 10. He was a top 10 tight end last year. He was a tight end 10. So, yeah, I'm definitely buying in. I don't see him regressing from last year and from the looks of what he did in week one he may be even better than last year so definitely buying in get you some dallas goddard if you can i'll be completely honest with you guys i spent 40 percent of my fab budget in one league this week to get uh dallas goddard so looking forward to what he can produce uh the rest of this season for that eagles offense so finish it off with noah fant of the denver broncos Monday night had five catches for 81 yards and a touchdown on six targets. You guys buying Noah Fant? Yeah, I, I am buying Noah Fant. Um, I know I want to see with Cortland Sutton on the field how that may change the offense a little bit because uh, he's going to demand targets on his own. But it, it seems like him and Drew Locke have a pretty s strong connection already 
And if Corlin Sutton continues to not play, I'm not sure if he's not playing this week or not yet, but he's literally one of the only ones that have been around Drew Locke the whole time. And you know, Sean Hamilton's been there, I think, and Tim Patrick, but I mean, they're nothing to brag about, but no fun is a, is a physical uh, tight end and he can get down the field too as well. So I, I, I wanted him. I wanted him in a lot of uh, my waivers this week that I'm mad I did not get because I think he's going to be a pretty special tight end this year. So with Noah Fant, I'm, I'm totally buying in. He looked out there like Drew Locke's favorite tar- target. Obviously, Cortland Sutton wasn't playing. I agree with you, Stephen. I want to see him and Cortland Sutton on the field. Uh, but even if Noah Fant is the number two option, I'm definitely buying in. My only my only temperance to it is the Titans were actually a top 12 matchup to target with the tight end position in 2019. It looks to be if that trend continue, like they might still be that matchup to target, or it could just be Noah Fant really is that dude. He did look like that dude. He looked like a he looked comfortable out there. He looked so much better uh, than he did his rookie year and he still looked decent his rookie year. We saw flashes from him. So, I mean, I'm buying into Noah fan. I think you have at least a tight end 12 at the minimum. You have a top 12 tight end. Um, I'm just worried that he is going to have those weeks uh, and some of the tougher matchups and maybe the Titans were just that good of a matchup, but I mean, it's the tight end position. I'd take Noah fan over Dallas Goddard, probably for sure. Um, But who else are you starting? Like at least give me the talent of Noah fan. And he looked to be the guy. Yeah, I'm definitely buying in on no fan. You guys mentioned the chemistry he had with Drew Locke. It, they just looked like they clicked really well together out there on the field on Monday night. So with that being the case and and him, you know, being able to be that big red zone target and uh, just it just looked great. And I'm I like to believe the things that I see and 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 notice on the field. So no fan to me. Looked really good, and I'm going to buy in. I think he's a great option for you guys if you're streaming tight ends or if you waited to draft a tight end and he was a guy that you grabbed late in the draft or if you can grab him off waivers, that's great too. No fan, I am buying in. I think it's a uh, a great uh, tight end to have this season. So that's going to do it for us tonight, guys, on the We Know, Fans, we know Fantasy Contributors Podcast. Uh, Once again, check out WeKnowFantasy.com. Tons of content on there. Whether you're looking to play fantasy football, fantasy baseball, we've got a lot of stuff covered on here. Uh, Weekly rankings. um, Looks like uh, some streaming articles are on here. uh, Streamable defenses. So make sure you check it out. There's plenty of content to go around on WeKnowFantasy.com. Once again, uh, for the podcast side of things, WaiverWire Wishlist podcast on Mondays. Wednesday, the We Know Fantasy podcast featuring Fantasy Fro. And on Saturdays, the DFS podcast. And Sundays, we've got uh, the uh, the stream. So check that out. Check all the We Know Fantasy stuff out. And uh, guys, do you want to give them your social media one more time before we sign out? Absolutely. Miami Heat one, guys. Loving it. But you can follow <laughs> me over at uh, Coach Stephen P, guys. And you can follow me at Brian Wentworth, no O F F. Um, and yes, please check out the live stream. We're going to win you your, win you your weeks. Cody, thank you for hosting. We're out of here. <laughs> no problem. And you can find me on Twitter at master smithers and we'll see you guys next week.